The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to the Explorers podcast. Now we've got one today which has uh, created a bit of a buzz this week, Tenant Minerals. The code is TMS. Market cap at 4.5 cents a share is around $28 million. Now as the name suggests, they're active explorer in the Tenant Creek mineral field up there in the Northern Territory. Famous of course for copper and gold deposits, some of the highest grade copper and gold deposits mined in Australia. Not necessarily on the, uh, you know, the BHP scale of things, but very, very profitable because of the grade. Now, this week, there was an exciting announcement from the company uh, where they had a Bonanza 63-metre hit at 2.1% copper and 4.6 gram to tonne gold at the Bluebird Prospect, which is to the west of the town of Tennant Creek. To bring us up to speed with what's... Uh, the company's up to and uh, the way forward at this discovery at Bluebird, we have John Dugdale with us. John is the technical advisor to the company. He's a well-known geologist with more than 30 years experience and John has kindly rocked up today to give us a feel for what's uh, what's next for the company. G'day John, welcome to the podcast. G'day Barry, nice to uh, reacquaint. Yes, that's been a while. Nice to be uh, talking about this one. As I said, created a bit of a buzz this week. Can you just uh, give us the uh, a feel for what you've come up with in these latest diamond drilling results at Bluebird. Yeah, so the Bluebird discovery, um, the initial work into that uh, project was done a few years ago, but it hasn't been until recently that we've really got the big uh, drilling rigs out to test well into the um, into the fresh rock. And what we've found here is a very thick and, and high-grade zone of, of copper and gold under about... Um, well, it's about 60 or 70 metres of, of cover or, or sort of barren weathered rocks. So it's a completely virgin discovery, and this latest intersection is the best one yet, 63 metres at 2.1% copper and 4.6 gold. The big thing about this one, we have intersected thick copper before, but this is the first time we've intersected really good gold with it because it includes a zone of 27.5 metres at 3.6% copper and 10 grams per tonne gold. So this is a... What, a distinct high-grade gold shoot you've uh, come across? Yes, it's a bit of a characteristic of some of the deposits at Tenon Creek um, that sometimes you get a lot of copper, not much gold. Sometimes you get a lot of gold, not much copper. Um, in this case, we've sort of got both, but they don't always sit in the same spot. So sometimes you find the high-grade gold is a discrete body of its own, and that's what I think we've hit now. So drilling is ongoing? What we've got um, coming through is another five holes that we did from what we call our Stage 1 follow-up program. Fortunately, the, the rig, which we actually pulled over from um, from Victoria, has just got another job to go on with for another company just down the road while we get all the results, do all the interpretations, and plan up our Stage 2 program. Now, the, the outcome of this drilling, even though we haven't got all the results, we know what we hit, is that it's completely open at depth, below about 200 metres, and open to the west. Um, so 
we just want to get those interpretations done, do a bit of modelling, get all the results, and then we'll start our second stage program, knowing the rig's going to be available to us, you know, within the next um, the next uh, three or four weeks. So, uh, just to confirm, so this is a, a Virgin Discovery, is it? Yes, it is. It's um, just outside the main part of the Tennant Creek field. There was some small, well, there was some gold workings at the Perseverance Mine, just to the west of Bluebird just where there's a little bit of outcrop. Um, but Bluebird itself is an area where there's a bit of cover over the top of the um, the formation called the Warramunga that, that hosts all the major deposits. So it is a virgin discovery, and it's really quite interesting because not many of these have been made um, in the Tennant Creek area. The last mine closed in 2005. So this could well be heralding you know, a, a brand-new phase of discoveries now that we've cracked the code with using the geophysics and... Uh, and, you know, committing to the deeper drilling that's required. So it's the typical iron oxide copper gold, ISCG type, you get in 10 creek fields? Indeed it, it is. It looks like um, it's it's a very good example, similar to the, say, the Pico deposit, which just sits 20 kilometres to the west, which was, you know, several million tonnes at um, at about uh, three and a half copper and uh, and um, uh, I think four or five grams per tonne gold. No, it was actually 10 grams, my notes. Tell me. Yeah, um, yeah. probably 10, actually. I have to, have to check that. And then Noble's Knob, which sits off to the west, southwest from um, from where we are, is 17 grams per tonne. Uh, a couple of million tons of 17 grams per tonne. So you can get all sorts of combinations, but one thing we do know is there's a lot more lot more to find, and that's really going to be the other the other focus of our next stage of work. Yeah, two uh, famous mines here, the Pico and Noble's Knob. Um, I think Noble's Knob was the uh, the old Normandy, wasn't it? Made a lot of money out of that one because of the grade. And uh, to my earlier point, you don't need a lot of tonnes in Tennant Creek uh, deposits to uh, have a, a serious project on your hands. Yeah, and I think it's important to recognise that Bluebird is is probably just one, one all body, one example of um, a, a new Tennant Creek um, style deposit. And we, we think it's just the same as the other really good ones in the field. But we think it's going to be one of several. And we've got um, uh, about uh, 10 kilometres of strike of an east-west zone covered here that um, that contains the Bluebird deposit. And within that, there's a five-kilometre-long gravity feature. Now, that gravity anomaly tells you that there's a whole lot of ironstone under there, but none of the previous work has really tested deep enough to, to, to intersect those ironstones in those other areas. In fact, Bluebird was pretty lucky. It was at the bottom of a rab hole, um, just a little bit of copper. So chances are, within that five-kilometre corridor, there's going to be a number of deposits, um, and we just have to find them. And we think we've cracked the code in terms of looking at the detailed gravity as well as the magnetics, maybe a little bit of electrical geophysics as well, but then making sure you drill deep enough to get into the get into the um, the, the fresh rock below the weathered zone. When will you be moving on to uh, test some of these other targets along that blueboard uh, bluebird corridor? Well, we've got the final modelling of the, the we did a more detailed drone magnetic survey, so we've got that final modelling um, to to get uh, very soon, um, and that'll allow us to fine tune the program. Um, we'll probably look at doing an RC drilling program across the top of the key key targets. Um, and then followed up with diamond drilling. Um, but it depends on whether we can get the rig or we might just be tempted to, uh, to diamond drill both Bluebird and uh, a couple of those other key targets, particularly below the, um, the Perseverance mine where there's some previous drilling actually by Normandy that intersected a few metres at 50 grams per tonne at what might be the top of that system. 
and, and funnily enough, the best geophysical anomaly is actually the perseverance area. So Bluebird doesn't really stand out as the best the best target, um, except you know we know we've got some very good drilling results already. So yeah, we think there's a number of these things that are going to turn up trumps, and we think we know how to find them. In terms of uh, timing. Uh, where are we now? We're uh, in the back half of the year now. Um, so does drilling continue through for the rest of the year? We'll get these results from Bluebird and uh, and bring the diamond rig back to mount that stage two program, which we've already said is going to be at least at least a few thousand metres. So that'll be in about a month. And uh, then depending on whether we get an RC rig as well, we could be drilling those other targets in parallel at about that time as well. So... We want to get the rigs back there, but one thing I've learned from um, you know quite a few years in the game is uh, often the best ore bodies found when you're not drilling, and that really is a case of actually narrowing down your targets, um, getting them nicely modelled so that you can minimise the amount of wasted holes. Can you give us a feel for how geophysics uh, are used in the field to identify targets? So you've got to understand what the ore bodies actually are. And in the Tennant Creek field, they are generally associated with ironstones, which are dense, and they're quite magnetic. But also, the mineralisation is coming on structures, and you can see those structures in the in the detailed magnetics because they sort of disrupt the magnetic pattern. And also, all of the alteration chews out the magnetics and turns it into hematite. So you've got to be able to recognise the pattern of, a, of an alteration system. So the number one thing for using geophysics is to understand the geology of the target you're looking at, and that's what we think we've done. Now, there's other geophysics you could use. So the ground gravity, so we do survey stations on the ground. Drone magnetics is flying around a little, a little drone that has a, a magnetometer in it, back and forth. And then the other, I guess the third leg of the trifecta that we're trialling at the moment is induced polarisation geophysics because finding the ironstone is good, Finding magnetic zones is good, but that doesn't necessarily say you've got sulfides. So if you use IP, induced polarisation, that'll pick up whether you've got sulfides as well. And that'll be a real discriminator for these different anomalies because we've got a lot of lot of gravity anomalies, a lot of magnetic features, but we want to filter them a bit with the IP. So that's why we want to do all that work when the rigs aren't turning so that when we get the rigs back on site, we can... Um, find the deposits with uh, just one or two holes, which is the way I like to do things. <laughs> now, there has been high-grade hits there before, but uh, obviously you, you, you're cracking the, the secret to uh, mineralisation at Bluebird itself. I was just wondering, though, is it fair enough at this stage to perhaps be making some tentative comparisons with those, uh, you know, those well-known mines in the, you know, like the Pico and Nobles knob? Yeah, I think what we've seen so far is that the Bluebird is about the, the same size and shape and grade as, as say, Pico or maybe Warrigo, which was um, a few more tonnes, at about about 6 million tonnes at uh, about 2% copper and uh, 6 grams per tonne gold. So those discoveries, they're all in the order of, say, 2 to, say, 5 or 6 million tonnes uh, as an individual ore body, and, and then the grade can be anything from, you know, 2% copper to... 5% copper, bearing in mind that Pico was mined, you know, a fair while back, so they would have had a higher cutoff grade. So I think Pico is a really good analogy. Um, but who knows? Perseverance could be like Nobles Knob. It might be, might be, might be um, all high-grade gold. So the comparison is each individual ore body can be several million tonnes. It can be several percent copper. And it can be anything from, you know, 
one to, to, to 20 grams per tonne gold. So we think we've got one of those, but we also think there's quite a few more of them within our, within our property. Um, and that's really what's, what's uh, exciting us. And so we're looking at a cluster, a bit more like a gold camp, if you know what I mean, like, like St. Ives and so forth, where each individual ore body is not a monster, but can be very high grade, but then you, you, you find several of them and all of a sudden you've got a, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a, major, a major production centre. The Tennant Creek field seems to be suited to uh, smaller companies. Uh, we're just talking there about the tonnages, so you don't need a lot of tonnes to have a, a seriously profitable mine in uh, Tennant Creek if you get onto a, a good deposit. And then uh, development costs uh, will naturally enough be uh, low given that you're not trying to move half of WA to get to the gold or the copper. Exactly. And and that's a good point you make. These sorts of discoveries can grow into something quite significant, but they don't suit the larger companies because and, – and it's just the same as drilling out – massive sulphide nickel or high-grade gold. It's these clusters of ore bodies that can end up becoming a major a major production centre. Overall, Tennant Creek is a big ore body. It's, got, it's produced over 5 million ounces of, uh, of gold and over 500,000 tonnes of copper. So you find another, another sort of cluster of these deposits and pretty soon you can uh, build up the tonnage. But they are ideally suited to the fast-moving, technically adept um, junior company that um, that you know really really lives and breathes the um, the uh, the project and uh, just keeps keeps finding. Have we mentioned John? You've been around a while. What's your excitement level with this one? Very high. Um, it was one of the things that I was hoping for was was that we would not only continue to intersect thick thick copper, but we'd also um, get onto some high grade gold um, because that's you know that's 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 what you get in Tennant Creek. So that's a big tick. But the other excitement factor here is that I'm absolutely convinced that we've got several more of these things to find, and Bluebird may not even be the best one. I'm a believer in this one, and uh, and we th- I think we know how to find these other ore bodies at the same time as um, as fleshing out Bluebird. Just on that on that gold there, the the intersection you had a seven meter intersection at one point four percent copper and thirty eight point five grams a ton, more than an ounce a, a ton from one eighty one meters. So there's in Follow-up drilling, is that going to be a particular uh, target, that shoot? Yes. Um, we think it's, it's like a little, little uh, almost like a saddle reef, although it's not a reef. It's, it's actually more of a sort of disseminated zone. So the repeats on those assays, it was up to 218 grams per tonne within that seven metres at 38, and the repeats were, were very reliable. So it's not nuggety gold, but it is related to these little fold, folds, closures. So there are other similar examples in the field. So... In parallel, we're sort of fleshing out the larger, larger scale, um, uh, you know, geometry and size of the deposit before we get into the um, more detailed resource drilling. We'll look to just narrow down the geometry of that gold shoot um, with some specific holes, and uh, so it's sort of a dual focus. So I'm looking forward to really, you know, coming to grips with the uh, the um, interpretation. Um, you know, I'll be getting the coloured pencils out as I usually do, Barry. But um, then we'll we'll put it into the um, into the computer machine to model it up. Um, but you know, that'll be that'll be the, the work we do over the next couple of months while we get all those results, and then we plan up a, a very uh, hard hitting, impactful program, not only at Bluebird but also testing these other targets, which we hope we've narrowed down using using the geophysics to a um, you know to a uh, to a you know discrete zone that we can test fairly easily. So the uh, the company raised four and a half million back in April. So the cash is there to uh, 
to keep up a, an aggressive program? Exactly. Um, we still had 4.7 million in the bank at the at the end of June, um, and uh, you know we paid a few drilling bills, but um, we've got plenty of money to uh, to tackle this carefully and, and methodically, um, and that's one of the keys to this. We finish the stage one program, we get the results. We get the interpretations done while the rigs aren't turning, and then that means we can bring the rigs back in without without sort of scattergunning the whole property and, and uh, running out of money. So I like to be precise in the way we target things so that you don't waste too many holes, and that's what we're going to do in this next program um, starting in you know, about a month's time. The NT government uh, seems very supportive of it. Of the industry up there in terms of you know big geophysical programs and uh, actual sponsorships of some drilling, has the company qualified for any of that? We uh, we have. Um, we mentioned it in the in the quarterly that we got some funding for a hole on our um, contiguous property called Babbler, um, where we're looking for the um, the continuations of the um, the key host rock, the Warramunga, underneath a veneer of cover as you get further south of Bluebird. Um, that's a that's a big tenement area with a lot of magnetic features. So we're going to do some gravity work on, and then and then we'll drill through that cover sequence um, to see if we find the uh, the right sort of things underneath. So yeah, we've got some funding for that, and uh, we'll continue to take advantage of the opportunities to you know to fund potential help fund potential geophysical programs as well. Uh, and there's been a, quite a lot of regional. Um, uh, uh, data sets generated recently that um, you know that we're obviously looking at. Uh, we're very much focused at Bluebird and and the adjacent Babbler property. We think we've got a lot of work to do in the future, but we'll we'll keep an eye out on for uh, other opportunities as well. And there are some other ASX companies that have uh, been kicking some goals in Tennant Creek recently. So that whole region, and you've got the. Uh the big IOCG plays of you know involving BHPs and Newcrest to what they're calling East Tennant Creek. So that whole area is uh, going through a bit of a rejuvenation. Exactly. Yeah, and um, you know we've got uh, an eye on all of that, all of that stuff, and uh, and you know we think we're on top of something really quite significant here at uh, at uh, at Bluebird. And I think as this emerges with the other work that people are doing, um, Tennant Creek will start to become. Uh, Flavour of the month, which will be uh, very good for tenant minerals. What's it like operating out of Tenant Creek? Oh, it's it's a good a good place to work out of. Um, it's because it's not an active mining town right now. Um, you know, it's it's not quite as sort of well serviced for um, you know mining supplies, etc. But um, there's enough uh, infrastructure there that you know you can you can um, you know you can get get most things done, and it's certainly easy access around the area. Um, we can, uh, you know, the access roads are all very good and so forth. So I think it's a pretty good place to work out of and obviously being in the middle of the desert, it's uh, quite a good place to explore. So let's uh, bring it all together, John, and just give uh, investors a feel for what they should uh, be looking out for, say, uh, before the year's out. Okay, so we've got the results to come from the next five drill holes, that stage one program, all of which hit, you know, reasonable widths of, um, of, of uh, alteration and, and uh pretty good uh, zones of copper mineralization in every hole. Um, so they'll be coming through over the next, uh, the next month. We've got the new drone magnetics models that we'll be coming out with fairly soon, which really narrows down these other targets within the five-kilometre corridor, particularly as we head towards the, the Perseverance area where the historical um, gold production came from, where there's been some previous good gold hits. 
So that'll be a, sort of the parallel stream will be results from Bluebird, planning up the next stage program, results from the drone magnetics, modelling up those other targets, and that'll be another parallel program, both of which could be started within the next sort of four to six weeks and running, running in parallel. So plenty more news to come from the previous program, from the Geophilix, and then the drilling, drilling rigs uh, start turning again um, within four to six weeks, and we hopefully just keep on going. Excellent. Well, there you go, folks. Interesting story. If uh, high-grade copper and gold uh, is your thing, and I think it is for everyone, this is one to watch in uh, coming months. So thanks for your time today, John, and good luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Good on you, Barry. Thank you for that. Cheers.